The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Yeah. 
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you've joined. I want you to hear this message. I want you to know that Jesus is real. That many are called but few are chosen. That sends shivers down my spine because I want to be chosen. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be cast into that lake of fire with the devil. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. There is no higher calling than to be a disciple of Jesus. But what does it mean to be a disciple? Well, if you're a if you're a disciple of cycling, you're going to ride that bike a lot. You're going to have the right gear. You're probably going to enter some long-distance runs. You may even participate with others in, in long rides. If you're a disciple of some sport, you'll be at their games. I know one man, he flies all over the country for games. Another man I know He's trying to disciple his son into being a professional baseball player. And so they have driven and flown and gone all over the country for these contests. But for the Christian, there is a narrow gate. You can be a disciple of basketball or football or some other sport. You can be a disciple of scuba diving or kayaking or biking, bowling. You can be a disciple of of any interest. I was speaking with a young woman last night, and she said she is a disciple of geology. That's her interest. So every spare moment she is reading about and searching for minerals, for geology. Well, you can do all of those things and still have a normal life. You can have a wife or a husband who is not interested in your hobby. You can have all manner of, of other activities that you can participate in. But let me share what the Word says about being a disciple of Jesus. Now, please hear this. It's very serious. We are in a, a desperately serious situation in America. America has sinned against Almighty God. 
She has filled her cup. And now the question is, will America turn back to Jesus? Or will America continue crashing down into destruction and oblivion like the Babylonian Empire did, or the Medo-Persian, or the Greek, or the Roman, or the British? Are we going to crash down and be destroyed? The choice is ours. But it's dramatically, directly, tied to whether or not there is another great awakening in America. I listened to a man yesterday as he spoke about his symbiotic relationship with his animals. And he said, it's necessary to understand that my animals, a couple cats and a couple dogs, saying that his relationship with his animals must be that they are treated in a certain manner or it would be morally wrong. He must honor their lives and care for them. Well, he's right. But I also know this man is not a Christian. And he would stand for the abortion of babies. Isn't that strange that he would have a moral concern for his dogs and his cats, but no moral concern for a baby, a human baby? That doesn't seem strange to him. Well, it raises the question of where does morality come from? Is morality simply what seems right to us and what is comfortable for us? Are we the determiners of what is moral and what is immoral? I don't think so. It is the Lord God of heaven that determines what is moral and what is immoral. And we will be held to account and we will be judged eternally for whether or not we were immoral by God's standard. If we submitted, had our sins forgiven and washed away, and walked morally with justice before a holy and righteous God. Now I want you to hear what Jesus said. This is first in Luke, the 14th chapter. I'll begin reading at verse 25. Now large multitudes were going along with him, and having turned, he said to them, If anyone comes to me, and does not have a single-minded loyalty to me over his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, or even his own life. He is not able to be my disciple. That doesn't mean Jesus is rejecting that person. It means that they are unwilling to have single-minded devotion to Jesus Christ. They have many things in their lives and many people in their lives that they hold equal or above their commitment to Jesus Christ. He even includes your loyalty and your commitment to your own life must be lost, divorced in comparison to your loyalty to Jesus Christ. So he's saying you're not able because you are unwilling to be single-minded. And whoever does not 
This is verse 27. And whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me, where was Jesus going? He was going to Golgotha to be crucified. He's saying, if your life is not shaped by the cross, if your life does not reflect that you've taken up the cross of denying yourself, you are not able to follow Jesus Christ. You can be very religious. It can be a wonderful hobby. And I know many people who have religion as their hobby. Frankly, I don't like religion. I am not a religionist. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I have put everything secondary to my commitment to follow Jesus, including any other person in my life. My first loyalty is to Jesus. And then only as he orders and only as he directs am I involved in anything else with anyone else. Verse 27, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me is not able to be my disciple. Again, that word not able, impaired, blocked, You can tell what you're a disciple of by asking the question, how do I use my time and my money? Look at your checkbook. Is your checkbook or your credit card bill filled with what you desire and what you want? Or is it filled with Jesus? loving and caring for his children, reaching out. Your money doesn't lie. And what do you hold sacred? I know some of you hold sacred watching certain sporting events or participating in certain sporting events. Don't ask me to do anything then. That's my favorite TV show. That's where your loyalty is. Your loyalty is perhaps to your own comfort. Don't ask me to be uncomfortable. Don't ask me to to come and pray. Don't ask me to take time to drive the distance, to be in a house of God. I don't have time. We all have the same amount of time, 24 hours in every day. And the way we use those 24 hours will reflect very directly on what we're a disciple of. Some of you are disciples of pleasure. That's all you want. You're always looking forward to your next vacation, your next cruise, your next trip (laughs) you listen now who from among you desiring to build a tower does not first after having sat down count the cost if he has the things for completion lest after having laid his foundation and not being able to finish, all the ones observing might begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build. He was not able to finish. Why was he not able to finish? Because he was unwilling to make that sacrifice. He was unwilling to lay it all down for what he said he wanted to do. Or what king, verse 31, going to engage in war with another king does not first, after having sat down, consider if he is able with 10,000 to meet the one coming against him with 20,000. But if not, 
Being as yet far away, having sent an emissary, he asks for terms of peace. So then, each one from among you who does not say farewell to all of his possessions is not able to be my disciple. He's not able to be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt may become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It's neither fit for land nor for a rubbish heap. They throw it out. The ones having ears to hear, he must hear. Jesus is saying, listen, listen. You need to get this. You can only hear if you are able if you are willing to turn aside from all of the side attractions of Vanity Fair. Remember, Christian, in Pilgrim's Progress, had to go through Vanity Fair. And every possible enticement was offered to him. Houses, land, entertainment, and with it all manner of uncleanness, And he said, no, I'll have none of it. I'll buy nothing here but the truth. And there was no truth there. And he made his way on because his goal was the celestial city. I would ask you today, what is your goal? Is your goal to be the the best at something Is it to enjoy something? Is it to have a wonderful family experience? Or is your first and foremost goal to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Let me read another passage of Scripture for you that will address again this same issue. I'm reading from the fourth chapter of Matthew, verse 17. Jesus began to preach. That is, he's just just beginning. He began to preach and say, You must repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, the one being called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he says to them, You must come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And having immediately left the nets, they followed him. And after having gone on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, And John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them. Now immediately, after having left the boat and their father, they followed him. To be a disciple of Jesus means to leave everything behind and follow him but not just to follow him, follow him into full crucifixion and then become, by his instruction, a fisher of men. That which must take our full expression of love and joy, that which must take the full expression of our heart, is to follow Jesus, to make him first, and then to take up our cross and be crucified with Christ, and then to become a fisher of men. I'm fulfilling that by two things. 
I'm fulfilling it, first of all, by being on this radio broadcast at great expense and energy to proclaim to you the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God, and call you to come and follow after Jesus. Secondly, I do this by one-on-one conversations with people. Wherever I am, I am asking about whether they are a follower of Jesus Christ. Are they a disciple of Jesus? So you have a job, but that job cannot be front and center in your heart. That job, according to Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. So for Jesus, the first call of a disciple is the great leaving. I want you to get those words fixed in your mind. Without a great leaving, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are not able to be. You must leave behind anything that would take priority over Jesus. You must leave behind anything that would take priority over your being a fisher of men and women. I know of people who call themselves Christians, but they've not won anyone to the gospel. But they think they're being severely disciplined by God. They've missed it. To be a disciple of Jesus is not an end in itself. There is a great leaving. There is a wonderful coming out of the crucifixion, into the resurrection. And then there is the work of service. And some of you are called to work in an office. Some of you are called to work as a mechanic. Some of you are called to do any number of different things. But those don't take priority. First priority is Jesus Christ and being a fisher of men. You see, we've made... Wonderful churchgoers. But churchgoers involved deeply in their religion are not heaven bound. Hell will be full of people who were churchgoers. Jesus nowhere in the scripture calls us to be churchgoers. We are called to be disciples. And the church is ecclesia, the called out ones, the ones who have left the world behind, the ones who have turned to Jesus with all of their heart. And the church then becomes a gathering place, a training place, a place of encouragement to be fishers of men. I shared before I had dinner with a large group of of men who would all say they were absolutely committed to Jesus Christ. They'd all been Christians for many years. And I said to them, has has any of you won even one person to Jesus in the past 12 months? Not one person had. They are utterly deceived. They think they're wonderful Christians and they think their Christian faith is an end in itself. The truth is, they have many emotions about Jesus, and they call themselves Christians, but they're not able to be disciples because they have rejected the crucifixion. There must be a great leaving as we enter the crucifixion. And then there is a resurrection as we enter into the resurrected Christ. And then there is the wonderful outpouring of the love of God through our hearts and lives as Jesus is first and foremost. Don't tell me that you're going to go through all of the rituals of the prayer book. 
You're going to go through all the rituals of the Eucharist and all of the other things. And then you're going to go sit for hours in front of the television and feast on the sports or the movies or other things of worldliness. You are not able to be a disciple of Jesus. Am I upsetting you? I pray you hear the truth of what I'm saying. Now I want to take you to one more place in the scriptures. And by the way, the live chat is up. If you're upset by what I'm saying, go ahead and get on the live chat and say what you need to say. If you recognize that what I'm saying is the truth and that you have done this, then testify and say, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. He is first and foremost. Everything else has been left behind. Everything else is secondary. And I am now engaged in winning people to Jesus Christ. I witness and testify and minister to the poor. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'll look for some some words on the chat on the YouTube from some of you saying, Pastor, I'm a disciple of Jesus, and you will cheer my heart. Now, you'll see if you look on the video, I have bookshelves that are rapidly emptying as I pack to move to another place. Would I rather have my own house? Yes. But the Lord said no. And so, I move. As the Lord directs, I move. Where am I moving to? I don't know. The cloud's moving. I'm a disciple of Jesus. Wherever he takes me, that's where I'm going. Now, go with me to another passage of Scripture. And Kayla, I see. She's saying, I'm a disciple of Jesus. Ed, Ed Pugh said, Amen, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ. Praise God. I know Jose and Gino are disciples of Jesus. They've been crucified with Jesus. I know Leslie is a disciple of Jesus. I praise God for you. Let me share this scripture out of Joshua, the 24th chapter. In the 24th chapter, the Lord comes and says, this is what I did for you. I I took you out. I took you out of affliction. I brought you into the promised land. I destroyed your enemies. Now fear me. Serve me. I'll begin in verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. This is Joshua to the children of Israel as he is about to die and he's assembled the Israelites for one last meeting. This is his final sermon to the children of Israel. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And oh, my brother, my sister, Joshua served the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. 
He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. Here's the same thing being said that, that Jesus said. Joshua is saying to the children of Israel, you're not able. You have too many self-interests. You have too many games going on. You have too many things that are so important to you that you can't give them up. You have you have your family, your children, they're first for you. Your wife is, is uno for you, number one. Your sports, your hobbies, they're number one for you. You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign or strange gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he's been good to you. The word disaster literally in the Hebrew means to break up in little pieces. He'll shatter you. You have to decide. Do you want to live a normal pagan life and take your chances like all the other pagans are? Or do you want to say, I will be a disciple of Jesus and risk turning against him? Because now your standing is not that of a pagan. Your standing is that of a follower who has utterly rebelled and turned to wickedness. And Joshua is saying your punishment You'll be shattered. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now Joshua has some very specific advice for them if they're going to Avoid being shattered. Joshua said, Throw away the foreign gods. That word throw literally means turn off the foreign gods. Turn off your television. Turn off your entertainment. Turn off your internet. Turn off your cell phone. Only use them as the Lord directs you. Only use them as the Holy Spirit gives you direction and how to do it. Don't fill your mind with the wicked gods of this world. He's saying, turn off the foreign gods that are the center of your being, that are among you. Literally in the Hebrew, turn off that which is at the very center of your heart. And yield yourselves, literally in the Hebrew, it's very concrete. Literally, it is stretch yourself toward God. Stretch yourself toward the Almighty. So first thing in the morning when you get up, stretch yourself toward Jesus. At night, before you go to bed, stretch yourself, not to the television. Stretch yourself to the Almighty God. As you're at your work, stretch yourself toward Jesus. Verse 24, And the people said to Joshua, We will serve 
the Lord our God and obey him. To serve the Lord God and to obey him is to become a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus said, you're not able to serve me. You're not able to be my disciple unless you give up everything else. Unless you stretch yourself toward me and you leave behind the world, the flesh, and the devil. You cannot be a friend of Jesus and a friend of the world. You cannot receive the acclaim of the world and the acclaim of Jesus. The world will persecute you. The world will hate you. If you want to go along to get along, you're not able to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you want to hang on to your sports and you want to hang on to your hobbies and you want to hang on to those things which consume you when the Holy Spirit has called you to leave them, if you hang on to your anger and your bitterness and your judgments in your heart, if you cut off your family, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ because he will become first for you and your heart will be one of love and compassion and mercy. We serve a jealous God. He will not agree with you serving other gods. He is, as my brother Ed is saying, a consuming fire. A jealous God, as Brother Gino said. Our God does not play games. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, there's going to have to be a great leaving. That's the first step. That's the beginning. The disciples had to leave their fishing boat they had to leave their nets, they had to leave their families, and they had to begin to follow Jesus around Galilee and Judea. Now, God may not call you to walk away from the world you're in. He may send you back into that world as a fisher of men. Jesus sends me different places to do different things, to say different things. But the primary goal and the primary reason for my being in that place is because I'm a fisher of men. So there must be a great leaving. There must be a crucifixion. There must be a resurrection. And then there must be a transition into being a fisher of men as the Holy Spirit directs, teaches, and leads you. If you are not a fisher of men and women and boys and girls, it is probably because you are not able to be a disciple of Jesus because you have refused the great leaving. That's the truth. It's that simple. It's that plain. Now you must decide. Don't play games and say, I'm a disciple of Jesus because I attend church. Wrong. Don't say, I'm a disciple of Jesus because I have some sentimental love and say, oh, he's my best buddy. Wrong. Don't say, I'm a disciple of Jesus because I pay tithe and offerings. Wrong. You are a disciple of Jesus when you give up everything to follow him. There is a great leaving. And I've been praying over these last days in preparation for this. Lord, is there anything I've not left behind that you are saying stands in our way? For I want nothing to stand between my heart and yours, Jesus. You are first 
You are first. You are first. Everything else is secondary. Everybody else is secondary. You are first in my heart and in my life, and you will always be. So if there's anything interfering, I've left everything that I know to leave. Now would you make plain to me if there's something I have not left? Because if I have not left it, I will not be able to go through the crucifixion, and I will not enter the resurrection. I see people who call themselves Christians and yet they're so filled with pride and arrogance and they're right. Self-righteous. They've never truly been crucified because they've never left behind all that they love. We must leave behind in the great leaving everything but Jesus. And then in Jesus, those people and those things will find their proper place. Husband, wife, children, work. But in the, in the crucifixion, we're moving on toward the great resurrection of entering into Jesus. And then in the joy of the Lord, we're becoming ambassadors for Jesus Christ. The plea of our heart is be reconciled to Jesus. Come and follow me. Be a disciple with me of Jesus Christ. Am I describing your life? Or are you still hanging back with the world, the flesh, and the devil? And you're not able to be a disciple of Jesus. I love you, my brother, my sister. I'm so eager for you to be a disciple of Jesus and not just, not just playing with religion. Not just listening to so-called Christian music and saying, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. My brother, my sister, Will you come all the way with Jesus? Almighty God, I pray for each who's listening today. And I ask that you would bring each brother and each sister, each boy and girl, through to victory in the great leaving and the crucifixion and the resurrection and being filled with the Holy Spirit and becoming great soul winners, great fishers of men. Lord, I'm so tired of people who call themselves Christians who are just about money, just about lifestyle, just about all the sentimental foolishness of the human heart. Lord, I want to see disciples who will honestly lay their lives down for you, Jesus. I pray for your mercy today, Lord. Would you come? Oh, Jesus. Would you come? Five minutes. Would you come with conviction? Will you place people on their face today before your throne to confess their sins, to confess that they are not able to be disciples, but ask that you would make them disciples and give them the courage to leave behind everything of the darkness of this world, that they could enter into you, Jesus, that you could enter into them, Thank you, Lord. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. I'd like to hear from you. The church is for disciples. 
or people who are trying to learn how to be disciples. You're welcome to come to the National Prayer Chapel. If you are a disciple of Jesus, or if you want to be, you desire to be, you are searching to be a disciple of Jesus. You're welcome to come. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find a map. You'll find directions. 10 to noon on Sunday. Just come. Now, I also would love to hear from you. I just got a letter, a gift from Alex. Alex, thank you. One other came. I'm looking for it. I'll find it. I'm trying to keep everything straight in the process of packing. Maria, thank you. And Gloria, thank you for giving online. And Michael, thank you for your gift to Jesus, for the work of the kingdom of God. Irvin, thank you for the gift to Jesus. Now, I need to hear from many of you because we're still over $2,000 short being able to pay the radio bill for this month. And I walk by faith. I'm not on salary. So please, would you write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I also uh, would love to have you go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find all of the videos available in the podcasts. And you can also give by going to the upper right-hand corner, clicking on it, and it will open a page where you can give. Some of you have been giving on PayPal, and we are making that transition out of PayPal directly into the new tithe.ly page. They're a Christian organization, and they charge less than PayPal. So you're welcome to go there, and I thank you. I thank you. I can't do this broadcast alone. I need your prayers. Please continue to pray for me to find a house to live in. No, for Jesus to find a house for me to live in, and for courage and strength to pack this house. My brother, my sister, I love you. Thank you for your encouragement and your kindness. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Thank you, Lord.